connection. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it and anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. Yeah, I hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rare room. Whoa. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and welcome to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 100. Don't I? Oh, <laughs> hell no. I love it. Oh, hell no. I'm sorry. I was eating a chocolate chip Did cookie. <laughs> he has this big plate of cookies in front of him. I'm sitting there eating, and I'm just like, hey. And then he goes, one, and I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay. Well, you're supposed to say 100. Yeah, so we're supposed to say 100. I'm okay, sorry. let's do this again. I was so good last week. I Kick know. it for the right. cause, they'll right, be here bumping. We go. All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Sorry. So, on this show, we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 100. 100. See, there we go. See, see, if you didn't have cookies and red wines and ding dongs <laughs> on the really, table, it's it called Ghetto Craft Services, okay? Ghetto Craft <laughs> Services. There you go. <laughs> so, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, you know, stories. Uh, what else? What else we like? It's the craft. The, the craft. Just, That's what's up. Get into story writing, whatever form it takes. Exactly. Now, y'all hear her voice. That's my girl, Lisa Bolakaja. What we call you? The street nerdist. The who? The street nerdist. Which, why you a nerdist all the time? Because I'm street. And you what? But I can code switch <laughs> and become really nerdy. <laughs> My Southern California Black Valley girl. It, it's true. It's true. I come from Southeast San Diego, and Southeast is the hood. Oh, yes. I used to live there. Did oh, you? my God. Did, did you? you really? Yeah. Emerald Hills? What? Shut Lemon Grove? Shut what? Up. What? <laughs> I live in Emerald Hills right now. Oh, Thank you. Yes. Morris yeah. High School. Mm. I used to go to Fargo for my Jamaican food. Oh, I live oh my God. Really? You know, everywhere I go, yeah. I find the ghetto. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, it's in me. I can't <laughs> help it. Yeah. It's just comfort. It's home, man. It's, com- it yeah, it's just comfort. That My was ex hilarious. was playing professional football. Mm-hmm. I was driving around in a hundred thousand dollar car, and he mm-hmm. was like. If you take my car in the hood one more time, and, I, and sure enough, he would leave, and they was like, I heard you was over there again. And I was like, like, I need Shoot my Roscoe's, bitch. Like, huh? what? <laughs> I got to get my rib tips. That's hilarious. Well, look, y'all, y'all hear it. We listen to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. <laughs> and uh, if you're grown, let's get it in. Oh. So y'all just heard her voice, her sexy voice, her real suave, sexy voice. <laughs> like, got the little Latina flavor right there. That's my girl, my home team. <laughs> I call everybody the home team, don't I? <laughs> no, I want to be something else. What you wanna be? I want to be special. Okay. Um, if everybody else is the home team. Then I got hold on. Um, <laughs> oh, we got to get that. Um, get it together. I go, the most ghetto fabulous. How about I call you ghetto fabulous? You going to be ghetto fabulous? I can be ghetto fabulous. Latino ghetto fabulous. I speak that too. (laughs) (laughs) I let them know. You know she do. So that's my girl, Ida Rodriguez, y'all. Comedian, actress, writer, producer, mother. God damn it. What else you do, man? You just do everything, don't you? Yeah. Everything. So she has a saying, y'all, that I just love. This will tell you a lot about you. You say, I don't tell jokes. I just tell my business. That's right. I love that. That is That's perfect. That's good yes. comedy. That's Isn't that cool? Yes. That's a great tag. Tells you a lot about you. We'll get into that. Thank right? you. I love that. Now, um, I just have to take this little thing from, from your bio. Um, Arsenio says, 
um, she has a self the self confidence that he never had. I think that's a big compliment mm-hmm. coming from somebody like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Who's been around as long as he has? Who's mm-hmm. lasted? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Thank you for being here, girl. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Did you know my other favorite thing about 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 you, Ida? When I was going on and, and looking at some of your um, your shows and stuff on YouTube and everything, well, you guys actually do research. We got to do some I research. Love, no, I love it because here's the thing. And, I, and when you said it, when she said it, I mm-hmm. fell out because it's like. Bingo! Mm-hmm. There you did. It was when you said you we were talking about. I'm Puerto Rican. You know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Negroes who speak Spanish. Absolutely. <laughs> and when she said that, I'm thought, There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. All it means is Star the boat. right there. The boat stopped a little early. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. my yeah. cousin. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the African diaspora. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Love that. So I met my girl um, a couple years ago um, on this pilot I was hired to write and produce. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so Ida came in, she was already cast in it, <clears throat> and she um, came in and did this great role, and um, I don't know whatever really happened with this particular project. I know they keep saying they're going to bring it back. We'll see. But um, shout out to y'all if y'all do. Good. You know, make it happen. Um, anyway, and she came in and did a great job, but we just clicked. You know, as soon as I met her, we was like, buddy, 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 buddy. And um, we keep talking about we're going to do something. Damn it. When are we going to do something? Why you we, keep, keep lollygagging? No. <laughs> You've you know? been busy. I've been busy, but she, I'm ready to. Do- she's sitting in the concession stand talking to the fat man over there. I see. <laughs> no, you know what it is. Um, you write, and I want to do something with you because uh, the way that you write is, mm-hmm. it's just unique. It Thank was, you. you know, so many people write the same thing. Specifically, when they write stuff for people of color, mm-hmm. there you, you all when you can read a script sometimes and know that the characters are black or they're Latin mm-hmm. because of the way that it's written. Mm-hmm. When you write it, you can't. It's like. And as an actor, it's like, oh man, what what can I bring to this? Right. I can mm. what can I create with this? Because he's not giving me. I can't tell you how many projects I get with a zippy Latin chick, mm-hmm. you know, a sexy mm-hmm. Latina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, ah, can we not talk yeah, about these tropes? Hilarious. These tropes I gotta give me them rolls again. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no. like, I am not chato. Like, you know, but thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always laugh because I, I love Sofia Vergara. I said, but at the end of the, the show, she's going to be speaking full Spanish because her accent gets thicker and it thicker. Does. By the time it's going to be like, oye, me déjame decirte algo. Yo no entiendo lo que it's ne- there's not going to be. Not, because I'm like, man, what do they want from us? Right, mm-hmm. right. That's hilarious. So, anyway, so she, so I met her back then and, um, we keep, we keep talking about doing something. She came over. I had my office over at NBC Universal. Um, was that last year? Yeah, last year. Yeah, nice. And, um, and she came over there. We, we, I still think we need to do that one short you have. Me too. It's a great idea. I'm actually going. Uh, yeah, I just revisited. Um, mm-hmm. And I said, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And you are the person I want to do it well, with. Let's do it. Yeah. Because I know it. you get it. I know you get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally good. Let's just give, her, give her the premise, if yes. you don't mind. Um, it's, about, it's, a, it's called No Kisses for Free. And it's just about the exchange between women and men, uh, the superficiality exchange and materialism <laughs> in the world of sports, okay. and how we socialize our young women. Uh, that's the, the the goals, like with these basketball wives and all that right. stuff. Instead of our daughters saying, hey, "I want to be a lawyer," they're like, "I want to marry an NBA player." Right. You know, every singer right. does. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's the story about how gold diggers. We we don't understand the story behind them. We condemn them, but there's always a cre- there's a, they were created in a lab, mm-hmm. and many of them it's mm-hmm. because of their moms don't want them to go through what they went through. Right. So that's what the story right. is. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's good. So we're going to eventually do this thing mm-hmm. one day. <laughs> Not eventually. We're going to do it one day. We're going to do it one day. But let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about growing up in Miami. You know, what, what was it like for you growing up there? Is there, is there a difference between... Um, is there a big Puerto Rican community there? Because no. I always think of the Cubans, you yeah, know, in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, it's not a big uh, Puerto Rican population. <coughs> They're in Orlando. They're like more okay. in Central Florida. Um, in Miami, uh, yeah, there are some Puerto Ricans, but not like we have a neighborhood called Wynwood. That's mm-hmm. where they mostly are. Mm-hmm. It is very Cuban. It's mm-hmm. everything, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a, a mixture, the yeah, gentrified or whatever. Absolutely. It's a microcosm of people who come to America that don't want to conform. And so yeah. they create okay. their own. I like that. You know, like there's mm-hmm. Jamaicans. Mm-hmm. They have the Jamaican neighborhood. There's Little Haiti, mm-hmm. Little yeah. Havana. Mm-hmm. And they operate as if they are in, still in their country. That's yeah. so true. Even just going to the Miami airport, yeah. you go to the airport mm-hmm. and you walk out, like literally, you're like, you're still in the United States. <laughs> but literally, it's like, damn it. Like, and we're in the Caribbean right now, mm-hmm. y'all. I got a little bit of everything. Like, yeah. every different. <laughs> Okay, gate 22. Oh, I guess this is a little Haiti over here. This is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and when did you um when did you guys move to California, San Diego? I came here um well I lived in San Diego when I was married to my ex-husband who played okay. football for the mm-hmm. Chargers, so we lived there. But I came here in 2000. I was by coastal for mm-hmm. a few years and then um, like a, maybe about eight years ago, I made the the complete. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to let go of Miami. <laughs> mm. She was trying to keep that house Aww. there. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> My family and yeah, so they're all still there. The family still there. Mm. Yeah, most of them are. And the other part is in uh, Virginia. They're in like okay. the D.C. Virginia nice. area. Okay. Nice. Okay. Now let's talk about when. So when did you? When did your artistic thing happen for you? When did you start? My whole life. You I've always. Never, yeah, I've never wanted to do anything else. Mm-hmm. I would ruin people's lives if I was a teacher. <laughs> and I, you know, like I admire those people. They're like, oh, I want to be a doctor. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, man, I would have so many people addicted mm-hmm. to pills. Like, I just, I'd be like, hey, just take this. I don't want to touch you. Mm-hmm. But um, I always wanted to be, I was published when I was seven. I was oh, wow. published in the Miami Herald. Oh, wow. I wrote a story. I've always been. She's a good writer, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I've always wanted to write. That was mm-hmm. the way I got out of the hood. That was mm-hmm. my my escape and that's how I dealt with what was going on around me. Sure. And so we did a, a spooky, scary contest for Halloween. And it was funny because while everybody was writing like the story of witches and ghouls, mine they were all metaphors for crack and, you know, really? robbers Interesting. and yeah. drug dealers and my neighborhood. <laughs> love, like, you know, love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh, you guys have ghosts? We got Ray Ray. <laughs> like <we> go, <laughs> and he has everybody on the block scared. So that's I've funny. always written. Okay. And my comedy is actually just a manifestation of my journal. No joke. Like, I went through my journal, mm-hmm. and I looked at my stories, and then I started tagging them. And I was like, oh, this is a joke. The story, All, all of my jokes are rooted in a real-life experience. Okay. Even with that was me moving to Florida and, you know, my black friend saying, you think you're cute because you light-skinned and mm-hmm. got good hair? And I was like, mm-hmm. my, really? I'm, I'm, rolling with you. I'm rolling with y'all. Y'all don't know y'all free yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just, a, it was just like the whole belief that you were okay if you were a slave because you were in the house, mm-hmm. that that was, you know, luxury. I was like, getting slapped by white chicks that you know you can beat and getting raped by the Quaker Oats man is the better deal. Send me out for the Quaker, Quaker Oats man. man. <laughs> Send me out for the cotton. I, I get to okay. kick it with She want to be in a cotton field mm-hmm. with LeBron James. Yeah, send me there out there. there. there I don't want that sweaty Benjamin Franklin 
rubbing on Thomas Jefferson who grinding on me. Let me out. Get me out there with mom. I want to umfundu. You stupid. With umfundu. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh well, it's funny that you talk about the type of comedy that you have because I listen to a lot of podcasts and um, some of them are comic, com- from com- fellow comedians like Mick mm-hmm. Court and some other people, mm-hmm. right? And they always talk about how it took them seven, eight, ten years before they figured out the voice and how to, right. you know, to, to tap into that. But you haven't been doing comedy that long compared to like most of the people on the show that we'll talk about in a minute. Right. But how did you find that that voice? Because you really talk about the pain of you know oh, yeah. the things that are around you, but it comes from a humorous right. point of view. Right. You know what I mean? You make fun of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I might look this way, but you didn't know that this was my experience of why I looked this way. Like, whatever it is, just different right. topics and things that you talk about. You know, um, how did you find that? Because a lot of people don't make like to make themselves vulnerable, right. you know? I started that way, and it was uh, sheer ignorance. Like, really? I, I, yeah, because the funny thing is people always say, you haven't uh, been doing stand-up 20 years, but mm-hmm. I've been me 20 years, mm-hmm. you know? And the, the funny thing is, for me, is that's how we survived. When In the hood where we grew up, humor got us out of a lot of stuff. We used to snap true, and do true. the dozens. Right. That would keep us from fighting, mm-hmm. right. you know, getting physically mm-hmm. violent. That was just the way that we dealt with stuff. And that, and I learned to deal with it that way. I would always laugh at all the stuff that happened. You know, I was like, my house got raided by the SWAT team. And I was like, I'm looking at my mom. And I'm like, this bitch got to get her shit together. Like, yeah, yeah. Got, she was dating somebody that was in a, on America's Most Wanted. Oh, really? And I'm like, you're a good Mama, get it together. <laughs> and, you know, but if I would have fallen into the hole and been the victim... I'd be sitting on a Jerry Springer couch, you know, Mm -hmm. talking about everything that my mom did to me. I just learned that my mom was a victim herself and Mm -hmm. she was just dealing with how she grew up. And how most mothers do the best they can with what they know. That's all she could do. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, I made it all funny. I used Mm -hmm. to entertain my mom when she was, she was, you know, seeing said uh, most America's most wanted mm-hmm. individual. I did two episodes <laughs> when I was an actor. Yeah, well, he, he, I did. He, he inspired your your job. <laughs> he was not an actor. That's funny. But uh, and now there are two of us who have been in the top ten in really? our family. So, <laughs> but I, I just, you know, I used to take the broomstick and entertain my mom. I, Richard Pryor was I used to listen to when I was little, mm-hmm. and I was like. I would laugh so much and mm. I could under as a little girl I could relate to his story mm. even mm. though my mom was not you know I didn't grow up in a brothel and my mom wasn't a you know but we just our experiences and I always said that's what I want to do I want to mm-hmm. make people laugh and I want them you know I want to use my experience to make people laugh and I knew that at a young age mm. and I think too when you, you touched upon with Richard Pryor the idea of that when you do hear his voices and just like when I when I watch you do your comedy when you see that story, the humorous, the, the humanity behind it, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's what we hear when we hear Richard Pryor. And mm-hmm. even when you're a little kid, because I did mm-hmm. the same thing, you know, using their sneaking their records and nobody would look <laughs> yes. at little crinkly records. Like, is that mama's footstep coming? Absolutely. Is that you, mama? <laughs> and you get back low and try to keep the volume down. Oh, yeah. But you would hear the voice. But it was like, they were the dudes on the block. Like, literally, when I hear those voices, it reminds mm. me of what's it like to be on the street and just hearing regular people talk. Mm. Sitting on the rela- stoop. Yeah, when yeah. you relate to that. And when mm. I see you doing your stand-up, that's how it is. It's like, she's just talking about family. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, and you can relate. Like, she have yeah. A, yeah, she's I having a conversation like with some too. dude. Yeah. You know, which which keeps you relaxed. Right. right? Yeah, because it's know? all truth. It's yeah. like, 
With Richard Pryor, I remember being little and laughing so hard. Like mm-hmm. he went the story about his dog. Oh yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I would just laugh, and I was so young, and I still got it because I had been exposed to so much in mm-hmm. my life so early that I knew what molestation was. Yeah. I knew rape. Yeah. I knew, you know, I was like, they got cocaine in our yeah. butter dish. Mm-hmm. And I used to even think, mm-hmm. like, if things get really rough at school, I might be able to sell this. <laughs> and <laughs> I, got, this. I got to move this. Yeah, yo, yeah, yeah. You know, at a really young age. Yeah. Right. And so it was just, that was what got me through. And, and that's what I said I wanted to do. Because I know there are a bunch of little kids out there like me. And there mm-hmm. are people like me. And, and I, I want to get them through, just mm-hmm. like I got through. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Now, so in two, you moved to LA in 2000. 2000 oh, yeah, I got here 2000. Because you were married at that time, right? Uh, yeah, I was, I was in the process of getting a divorce. Oh, okay. And I moved to California. Okay. And it's a no-fault state, divorce state. I'm doing a commercial <laughs> for California lady. <laughs> and he did not have to sign the paper. Yeah. So I got out of there. I got divorced here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what was it? Let me just ask you in general, because people probably ask you, what was it like being married to somebody who was a big football star. Nobody will. ever asked me that. It's so funny because really? I never talk about it. It was uh, it was really uneventful for Because people have a glamorous they do. life yeah. or yeah. imagination of what that would be like. You know? Well, I was really young. I was mm-hmm. a very young girl. Um, I was around women, and mm-hmm. I was a girl, and I had babies. And they looked at me like, oh, the Puerto Rican pregnant girl that just got out uh, the ghetto okay. with this dude. <laughs> you know, and, and that's just my perception because uh, I don't know what they were actually thinking, but I didn't feel very warm. I didn't fit in. Mm. I think I have one friend that I'm still friends with, mm-hmm. and um, I just didn't fit in. My friends from San Diego, which is my friend Lisa Lake, who was on the radio on, the, on ABC, who lives in lived in Lemon Grove, mm-hmm. that's who I became friends with, mm-hmm. and I'm still friends with her to this day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just didn't fit in. I, I, I could not... I just didn't think I I was working like I was still modeling at the time and I was like I'm not buying my son a $500 jacket Mm -hmm. and you know $300 shoes he's four like (laughs) you know he's gonna grow out of this and I don't want him to have that sense what if this all shakes down and it doesn't happen this way forever what is he gonna do how's he gonna cope thinking Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. and so I just didn't fit in with the, the women and I, I wouldn't say that they are all like you see on television because that's a great misrepresentation sure, of sure. what those women... It's the heightened... Resu- yeah, right. yeah. And most of those women have never been through a, an actual marriage where they were married to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, our quarterback, his wife was married to him before he was a football star. Sure, she sure. was with him throughout it. They had their children. He mm-hmm. got hurt. She was there. They retired. He, She's still there. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of, you know, <laughs> people like that. But this whole glamorized you know, mm-hmm. perception of what a, a, an athletic wife is supposed to be is so sad because it's a really sad story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those men are on the road all the time. A lot of them do commit adultery. Mm-hmm. They have to deal with outside children of their marriages. Sure. I wasn't cut out for that. Like, I, I remember that they, they, would, they would have these meetings, the infamous, infamous meetings. <laughs> they would have these meetings and everybody would introduce themselves as their husband's wife and so like, hi i'm stan's wife hi i'm junior's oh, yeah. and then i was like i'm ida hi, hi i'm ida yeah and they and it's like you <laughs> get out yeah no exactly <laughs> it, it caused wow. so much controversy wow. because they were like well who are you married to and i was like oh omar yeah and i was mm-hmm. like omar is ida's husband mm-hmm. you know yeah. and, then, and it got back in the locker room and that day he was like i heard you oh like you disrespected it caused trouble shit. yeah they really? were like you're always and then they have a fashion show every year, the Chargers, mm-hmm. and the, the fashion show is for the players. Mm-hmm. But I noticed there were no players of color. And it was bec- when I went and I said, because 
they knew that I was still modeling. They mm -hmm. said, we want you to do the play, the, the fashion show for right. the blood drive. Mm -hmm. So I was like, uh, well, why aren't there any men of color? Or they, that's the majority of the team. Mm -hmm. They said, well, you have to be married. And most of them are not married. They're bachelors. This is a family event. And I said, no, this is a Chargers event. Mm -hmm. Child, I had that fashion yeah. show. They were walking down the runway to Tupac. Really? It was, <laughs> I revolutionized. They're throwing sunflower seeds. <laughs> no, I, and I went and got like designers because they all would wear like uh these these you know everybody had on it i went and got couture i got mm -hmm. all these sponsors wow. I, I let tony martin walk down the aisle i let the all the they they make up the team right. they're a, a great percentage of the team and they're not represented in this event for the community right. which gives them a good name i was mm -hmm. like oh come on come on and so they don't do the fashion show anymore. Yeah. You know, ruined the fashion show. <laughs> she did. Took it out. Done. Yeah. Took it out. <laughs> all I remember hilarious. was two uh, very attractive brothers walking down to the on the runway to How Do You Want It? Uh, <laughs> How do you want it? Yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> it was an awesome experience. But Aww. I didn't fit in. And and I was happy to go because that's not what I ever wanted to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to I mean, to, it almost sounds like you're like, it's almost like almost like the TV show The Game, but mm -hmm. like the opposite version of mm -hmm. Of it, where the more realistic version, I think, Definitely. you know, you ever thought about writing about that? And just, I have, you have, yeah. really? oh, I would love to mm, see that. We might need to talk yeah. about that, girl. That whole movie that I wrote is is really focused on that because what you don't see is, and I think Oliver Stone is the only person that really hit it really on the <laughs> mm -hmm. head with Friday Night Live, any given Sunday. Any oh, given any given Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. You know the way they treated Leela Rashawn, like mm -hmm. the, uh -huh. the the women. That's how they are. They mm -hmm. were, you know, it's a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And if you're married. You know the whoever's <laughs> the quarterback's wife is like the the head. Right, she's like the first lady. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's really really interesting. And I was like, I don't hang out with these bitches. They don't. You know, I, you know, I'm like, what you scored on the SAT? Right. Uh, what's the last book you read? Right. 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 You know, and that was me <laughs> the whole time. Funny. And they, 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 they labeled me as being antagonistic. Not that they would ever use that word because right. it's sure. too big for them. But, um, <laughs> you know, that, that was what they intended. Right. So I was like, I don't belong here. I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. So I never, I never participated in all of that. Wow. No, that's interesting. Because th I'm sure there are a lot of people who are, you know, fascinated with that world, mm -hmm. you know, who might want to hear it from somebody who, you know, been through it. So I was just curious about that. Yeah, no, I wrote know. a book about it. I got I hit with a gag order and I wasn't allowed to publish <gasps> really? the book. It was called uh, NFL <clears throat> Not For Life, Not For Long. Wow. And it was really the story about that because, you know, a lot of women want to jump on. It's easy mm -hmm. to be with somebody who's already in the NFL, NBA, and already rich, mm -hmm. and you jump in. But when you're on the climb and you're involved in everything, when, when you're watching this modern day slavery taking place wow. and you have to participate in that. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different journey. Interesting. So, you know, big ups to Cookie and, you know, and Michael Jordan's first wife, Juanita, because they yeah. were there. They were there from the beginning. From mm -hmm. the jump. Mm -hmm. And that that's, you know, that that's not easy. It's not easy. Wow. Oh my God. Who do I got to take, take out to get this gag order done? <laughs> I got to read this I know. Like, that's oh, interesting. That's a, especially from the female person. Come mm -hmm. on. What a great movie. Yeah, I was too revolutionary. I went to Florida State, too. And well, I, okay. Speaking so of that kinda... word, I was just going to ask you about, because um, you say you're revolutionary a lot. 
You know, where did that come from and why Why do you say that? Why do you do Well, I mean, I've been labeled, I've been, yeah. you know, I get labeled. Um, it's so funny that I am radical mm-hmm. in my thinking because mm-hmm. I want what's just for everyone. Right. And that's mm-hmm. radical so thinking. It is radical yeah. thinking. Yeah. Like yeah. you're always telling me, oh, something's controversial. And to me, it's like, that's common sense. What y'all talking about? Yeah. <laughs> because nowadays it's so. Because you're not used to hearing it said that's the thing yeah you know people I mean? are thinking it yeah they were thinking it but you don't hear no motherfucker saying that so. no and most people want to want to roll with the tide because mm-hmm. that it's easier that way right. sure but when i see you know i see the covers of these magazines with these young thin white girls that have no hips and they're being circulated throughout the entire country where these young black girls are being fed the information that they're not good enough, sure. they're not beautiful enough. When when you see these people in real life, their teeth are yellow, their eyeballs are yellow, mm-hmm. they're not as skinny as you think th- that you think they are. They're flabby because they are anorexic and they're not lifting weights and they're mm-hmm. not eating healthy and they don't have any protein in their body. Mm-hmm. It's somebody has to say something, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't just assume a role of celebrity or whatever it is a popularity and not have responsibility i mean for me it's pointless i don't Mm want to do anything if i'm not helping somebody along the way i've been through so much and i would be so selfish to get to a place where i can be super successful and not throw the rope back Mm -hmm. and i don't ever want to be that person so that's what makes me revolutionary that i'm like you know these gay men that run modeling Mm -hmm. you know they want you to look like a boy you know, and then you're a glorified <laughs> hanger. They mm-hmm. don't want you to have hips. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I get down to 117 pounds mm-hmm. and they say, could you get down to 100? And I'm like, sure. What would you like for me to lose my vaginal fat? <laughs> like, I don't have anything else to lose. <laughs> vaginal fat. It is a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's wow. all I have left. That's all I got. That's all you got. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm a gay man. I didn't even know that. I'm like, really? I got vaginal fat? <laughs> There's no muscle around it, so that's, that's all you got. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm always told that you're too controversial, mm-hmm. you're too in your face. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 instead of just you know falling back. And I'm like, I, I'm not. I don't want to fall back. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this to be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I think, and I, we didn't see behind the scenes, but I uh, and we'll get to it in a minute. I still we still got a lot more stuff there before we get to the last mm-hmm. comment. But when you said that, that just registered to me. Why? Roseanne said to you on the first episode, you could win the whole thing. Right. Because she's just as radical and she was the one who was in your face, you know what I mean? Yeah. And look what it did for her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's still an icon. She's still a goddess. Oh, yeah, she's, she's still, awesome. a, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's really awesome. And she knew, see, uh, we, we don't, you saw what aired is not our complete sets because mm-hmm. there's so many comedians sure. that can't air everybody's sets. But How my, long are they really? Like four and a half minutes. Oh, because they show you like, a minute and a half sometimes, yeah, 30 we seconds, had 100 whatever. people, like the first oh, okay. four episodes, and then they, they had to get through, and then there were 28, so okay. you only have an hour. So, But my sets were really like, bah, mm. like, and so, you know, I did a joke about slavery, mm-hmm. I did a joke about gays in mm-hmm. America, like mm-hmm. I, and where other people were doing jokes about airplane food and, mm-hmm. you know, texting, and so... She knew, and Keenan Ivory Wayne said, he said, mm-hmm. you know, you're like a dose of truth serum. And he said, you know, you are talking about things that none of our, nobody's ever, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he went to, on to say you're one of the best writers on the show. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, you really go for it. And mm-hmm. it's because that's what I want to do, you mm-hmm. know, and that's who I am. And 
And I, I swear to you, if I can't be that person, I don't want to be. And that's part about being authentic. Yeah. Yeah. You just being yourself, and yeah. that humor coming from where you come from. And I think a lot of comedians, when and you can tell. I mean, mm-hmm. as an audience oh. member who's mm-hmm. watching comedy, and I watch Comedy Central a lot, and they have a little half hour. Mm-hmm. You can watch a show, and you can just tell like that's not who they really are. Yeah. <laughs> it really isn't like. And then you can tell the people who are really real mm-hmm. because it. I don't know. It. It almost feels like. If you see somebody who puts on a bad suit and it doesn't fit, and you can tell it doesn't fit, mm-hmm. but they're trying to gain you and say, no, this is made for me. <laughs> I'm wearing this suit. Whereas the person who just has it mm-hmm. and it's just snug and you're like, that's authentic, you know, and that's real, you Definitely. know, and I think that's Definitely. the really, really great comedians, mm-hmm. you know, like George Carlin, all those cats like, you know, I used to listen to old school records of Bob Newhart, for God's mm-hmm. sake. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? I said, Brilliant. we got albums at home mm-hmm. right now. I can mm-hmm. go and listen to it. Where it's like, you can listen to it and you can tell that's how he really is. Like, mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. put, putting it on and trying to create a character. It's like Louis C.K. You know that's oh, another part of him. Just right. totally. And yeah. you don't have to see them. You can listen to them and, and that's enough. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you know that you can see the comedians where you have to watch them. They got to be silly. They got to use their deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to be that. But, you know, what if you're a midget and you're or a small person and you're doing stand up about <laughs> being a small person? You know, mm-hmm. would you be that funny if you were taller? Right. You mm-hmm. know, if you're a heavy person and all you talk about is being heavy. Would right. you be that funny if you were slim? Right. And that that is, you know, and that's the experience for me. Like, I don't knock anybody and big ups to everybody who's getting what they're getting. But that's not the, the journey that I want for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Because when I, George Carlin, you know, you those are the quotables. Hollywood, uh, Hollywood is high school with money. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Chris right. Rock, you know, a man mm-hmm. is only as faithful as his options. Right. You know those people's mm-hmm. jokes because they're saying something about right. society. And that's what stays with you forever. Right. Not no bullshit joke mm-hmm. about a rabbit and a squirrel having mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a karate kick off sure, in an sure, alley. Sure. Yeah, it's funny and it's silly, but people, they're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you because mm-hmm. you're saying something stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I aim. And that's what I, the first, like, like I said, that the first thing I said at the top of our podcast, the first thing I heard you say is like, oh, I'm Puerto Rican. It's Negro who speaks Spanish. I was walking in Belleville Park. Like I had, you know, I had, because, you know, we got Wi-Fi in the park. So I, I wasn't even looking at you. Uh, I had put the head, my little earbuds <laughs> on. Press, okay, here's the YouTube. Let me walk mm. around the park. And literally, I have to stop and laugh. And of course, there are people looking at me like I was crazy. And I have to go and tell them frantically, no, I have earbuds. Like, I have to show them. I'm not the crazy person. You need person. a headphone, baby. You I need a headphone. I'm, really I'm not just sitting here chuckling, oh, because I'm That's crazy, hilarious. but I really have to show that. But that was the first thing that punched me in the gut was like, okay, here's somebody who's going to give me something, some real. Mm-hmm. And then when I got home, I was like, oh. Let me see what she looked like a watcher on. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, it's, good. it's like it's it's really authentic, and it comes across. And you know, when people are writing too, when we talk about screenwriting, mm-hmm. when you talked about Hillier, when he's writing, those things that come off the page is an yes. authenticity to the voice that comes mm-hmm. off. You know, yeah, and you can feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I connect with that. That's mm-hmm. that's what I connect. But you're with. an actress too, so Absolutely. you're an actor. Whatever you you know, some mm-hmm. people say I'm an actress. I'm an actor. Um, yeah. Let's talk about your journey to last comic. Sure. Right, like when you decided you were gonna go ahead and get on the stage mm-hmm. in the first place. I, I'm not so big on first, but I'm curious about the first of a comedian. You know, because we all know stand up comedy is probably writing's hard, being an actor's hard. Stand up comedy, I think, is way above all of them. You were so vulnerable to getting up there on the stage. It's so visceral. You know it's what so I mean? Yeah. Your, oh, what, what was that like the first time? Where was it? You know, what it made you find Arizona? Um, you know, the thing, <coughs> it is very scary because mm-hmm. most people's biggest fear is public speaking. Sure. So now at the pressure of being funny mm-hmm. and that that will make people, you know, pee on their, in their pants. <laughs> and I and I and I'll tell you because I know 
when I first did my very first show, it, I was set up so well. I was doing the Foxhole radio uh, mm -hmm. for Jamie Foxx. That's right. And Speedy put me on a show um, in Arizona, and it was my very first time on stage. Mm -hmm. And, I, of course, I had on a dress, heels, makeup. <laughs> and, uh, and You I would never. No, that's my thing, right? <laughs> so that's how I started. That's why when people are like, why is she doing this? I, I've always done it. I think you should keep it. That's my style. Paul Mooney told me, he was like, don't you walk up in here looking like no man. I, well, you, 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 you do it up. You know, that's what you're here for. I can see that, too. Like. <laughs> you know, I, I, I worked with him, and he, mm -hmm. he wanted, and I dressed up every night and he was like that's right baby mm -hmm. because he comes from an era where you had to mm -hmm. you know and now that you know people think that wearing track jackets and dirty converse is mm -hmm. what makes you funny mm -hmm. that's not what makes you funny because mm -hmm. i just have to say keep your thought keep your thought i just have to say that on the, on when the first episode came out and and ida ida was wearing this beautiful was it a yellow dress mm -hmm. beautiful yellow dress on on last comic and <clears throat> keenan said to her and i'm paraphrasing he basically said you could say it better what he said no he just said that it was distracting and i needed to tone it down he said he thought she needed to tone it down and i was like no bitch do not tone it down <laughs> keep you uh, keep yeah, you yeah. and then the next week um what's her name who um Roseanne? no 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 when you oh, guys amy schumer and amy Wanda schumer Sykes. and amy's like now i heard kenan say that don't change it. Mm -hmm. That's just my suggestion. Mm -hmm. Don't. I was like, yes, mm -hmm. yeah. somebody else. Because I'm sure you were like, well, should I or should I? Because somebody like Keenan said it. But right. then you got it from somebody else who's up there too. And you were like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I can't be me. No. You always be you. Oh, I wore my dress every week. And she and always should. And I did. Uh, you know, we, we had our different looks. <clears throat> And, uh, and I started that way. I went on stage at the Orpheum in Arizona, mm -hmm. and I did uh, five minutes, and I killed. I had really? a really good set. Yeah, and I was like, I got paid for that. They really? filled me there really? at a hotel, and I was on cloud nine. I was mm. like, I got this shit. <laughs> this is how it's always going to be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like what Steve Kaplan says. When a comedian, they get up there, and they get mm -hmm. that first yes. Mm -hmm. And then it's like chasing that. You're chasing that, that yes forever. <laughs> yeah. Forever, and yeah. you won't stop. Mm. Until you evolve, and then you mm -hmm. learn that that's not what you're looking for. But mm -hmm. I, 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 and then I, then I had to go do. Uh, then I came back to reality to Los Angeles, <laughs> and they invited me to do first those crowds where people don't laugh. Yeah, for even when you are funny, that's you know, because they want to be in your place. Okay, like or they didn't like, book a pilot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I get on stage at the Laugh Factory for Chocolate Sundays, oh. and I went up there and I ripped like mm. the first minute and a half, mm -hmm. and then it turned into womp, womp, womp. And that is when I learned, that was the moment when I said, I want to do this forever. Huh. Not, because it did that. Yes, because I was like, now I got to crack this nut. Right. And I love like this. Yeah. And this is, how do I get out of this hole? Mm -hmm. It was the, the best rush for me, because mm -hmm. that that's where I learned something about comedy that mm. was my first lesson about comedy because mm -hmm. when i won the night the, the the other time you know i walked away with my hands in the air like mm -hmm. rocky i won mm -hmm. yeah i got this mm -hmm. but when i didn't make them laugh i mm -hmm. went home i listened to my set and mm -hmm. i said oh this is what happened mm -hmm. and i was like i love this mm -hmm. this is i want to keep doing this and mm -hmm. i want to do it forever and then that womp, womp, womp. <laughs> and it's not like you never had a womp, womp again. No, it, it was the next time I went on stage. <laughs> you're like, what the hell? Okay. Yeah. You're like, I thought what I fixed it, bitch. I thought I, I fixed it. I took notes and everything. <laughs> yeah. I practiced in the mirror. What that's happened? That's funny. Exactly. They was just drunk. They was just too drunk. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, you, that's what you do. You blame the audience <laughs> when, you, when you're a novice. 
And then I started, I started rolling with the, with the people that I thought were really good at comedy. Mm-hmm. And every night I was going up, up, mm. going up. And you know, the thing for me. You hear that every night. Oh, man. Every, several few, times, too, huh? Yeah. Different From club to club, night, yeah. yeah. For the first few years, I did not celebrate holidays. Really? I was just, I was, well, can I get up? Where can I get up? And the, the thing about it, it was funny because it, I just learned so much about stand-up. And, mm. and I got, it became addicted to it. And I was said I was going to be good. Some people have been doing it so long, sure. much longer. And on average, they go up three or four times a week. So mm-hmm. I, I made this equation. I was like, I got to go up six times a week, mm-hmm. three times a night. Mm-hmm. So I can 10, catch up. 10,000 hours. Let's get yeah, them fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can right. catch up with these people. <clears throat> right. And, you know, and it, it was just fun. And, and I surpassed so many people that I started with because mm-hmm. my work ethic, I've never been above anything. Like, mm-hmm. if they come say, hey, you want to come do jokes at Starbucks, I'll be there. Wow. And I'll go from Starbucks you know, I did a set at Nickelodeon. It was airing, and I was doing a coffee shop while my show was on Nickelodeon. Really? I was like, "That shit is over. Right. That's behind me. That's, that's not. Funny. That's like yesterday's yeah, news. Right. I gotta get new jokes." Right. And I just, I've been, I've been on stage ever since, and I'm still addicted to it. I still wow. go up more than most. So you do every time I talk. She's like, "I just did a club. Well, I couldn't call you back. I got a club yeah. tonight." I got. I'm like, "Damn, girl." Yeah, they don't know who you are yet. <laughs> I know. And even when they do, you gotta get better. And I look at people like Bill Burr and Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. and Dave mm-hmm. Chappelle. They're never above anything. Yeah. You know, they will do any room. And I'm one of the, those that we like. I, I feel like I'm in scandal because we're the gladiators. Right. And I feel yeah. Like, yeah, and I don't ever, I don't ever want to be complacent. Mm-hmm. What is your, um, what's your, what's your, your, your ethic like as far as your ethic? What's your work schedule like when you write? Like, what time of day do you usually write? The I most? write at night. I'm really? a night writer. You're a night owl, aren't you? Yeah. She's out all night. Night writer. She coming here talking. I'm tired. I'm like, bitch, you up all night. Yeah, I don't sleep. sleep. Don't sleep. I don't sleep at all. No, it's, I, I, I'm an insomniac, but, uh, but I'm part of a cool crew of insomniacs because I'm productive. She a vampire, my, too. I told you. I, I told no, you. Let I'm me pretty, add Ida's to my list. <laughs> I know, yeah. She got a list of I'm vampires actually vampires. No, I'm just. I'm productive with mine. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't sleep. I sleep on average maybe three or four hours. Oh my I read God. that Donald Trump uh, once said that the average millionaire on his climb only sleeps four hours. Damn. And I have a joke about that because I can tell who's been sleeping twelve. <laughs> 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 That's a good one. I was like, I can tell some of y'all been sleeping a little That's too much. Funny. You ain't got no bags under your eyes, and you ain't got no money in the That's bank. So. Funny. Um, yeah, I don't sleep. And I write at night. And I, I the funny thing for me is I wake up in the middle of the mm-hmm. night with something. And I, I have a notebook I sleep next to. Mm-hmm. And I'll get up and I'll start writing. It, mm-hmm. it always comes to mm-hmm. me at, at night. Or if I have a dream about something, I'll wake up and I'll write it. Because the worst night. thing you think, oh, I'll remember in the morning. No. You're not, you're not going to remember that you in the morning. Is, do you have a trick now for how, um, how, how you memorize shit? Because those five minutes is a long time. Imagine yeah. doing 20. Imagine doing an hour. I'm like, and you guys write on notepads. How many notepads is that? Oh, I have <laughs> you so feel many. Me? I have them all oh over the God. house. They're everywhere. They're in my car. It, yeah, the, the, uh, the transitions and the segues are the things that I try to remember the most mm. so that with each of them comes a, a group, of a batch of material. Oh, that's that you connected. automatically keep. 
click and into and or I something. connect to it. Yeah. <clears throat> and and for me, uh, one of the comedians, Naeem Lin, who's one of in Kevin Hart's camp and mm-hmm. one of the paper cup boys told mm-hmm. me one thing you should be able to do once you get good is mm-hmm. that you should be able to get from any joke in your set to any other joke in your set. Really? And I'm finally there. Like, huh. I used to think that huh. was impossible. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like six, six degrees of what? Kevin Bacon? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can make it happen. I can get that joke that's in two funny. moves. Funny. Yes. <laughs> I'm really good at that game. No, you know. I love that game. Because yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. she reads. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I read, I read everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me that's ask you this. I know I'm going to ask me question what okay and i wrote them down so i won't forget like i know you said for you a lot of your material comes from your life but what what do you see in terms of like beginning comic writers what are some of the mistakes they beginning writers do in developing their material like what are some of the pitfalls that well you see? What, i'll tell you some of the things that i did um that i remember doing thinking that everything that I wrote was genius mm. and wondering what's wrong with the crowd mm. when they don't get it. Interesting. You know, yeah. and, and you'll see the That's a curse. Comics. That's a curse. Yeah. They get belligerent. That's like, like Eddie Murphy and ch- Sex of Chocolate. <laughs> and the audience is like, whatever. <laughs> and there are a lot of those or the buddy loves. Like, oh, and then God. they get belligerent and yeah. they start offending the audience. Mm-hmm. And they, um, you know, like, I, I think like a lot of, a lot of young comics go for the easy. They, mm. they go for the, uh, Sex jokes, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of the low common denominator stuff that they think people are going to always laugh at a fart joke because it makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It makes you awkward, but not because they think it's genius. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and a lot of, of the younger comics think they're funnier than they are. Mm-hmm. I did. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you get laughs. I had a, the advantage of being very uh, confident on stage, and I attribute that to being an actor. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's always I'm, a, I'm doing a one woman show. Mm-hmm. I'm on. I'm a, this is a, a started and scene. Let's go. Right. Boom. Exercises in character. Move. And the a lot of people go on stage, and you know they just they they're like, oh, you're gonna laugh at this. Oh, this is really funny. Mm-hmm. Now this is really, you know, that you can tell that the the when a comedian starts coming into their own it becomes a conversation with the audience. Mm, and yeah. even though the audience is not talking back, it's just an exchange. It's an mm-hmm. interactive experience like no other. And you you, you can see it. You can start right. seeing it. It's season. funny. I've been watching, because um, the, 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 the pilot, that the, the, the show that we're on is <clears throat> in that Showtime, you know, half mm-hmm. hour vein. So I always watch like an episode of Louis Louis show oh before God. I before yes. we start the room. Like everybody watch, absolutely <laughs> put it on the speakers, and we sit and watch a show, <clears throat> and just to feel the tone. And every time he's because he, he's he's a stand up comic, right? And he always sits and he, he does a stand up, and he feels like you're just sitting there, like you're listening. at the coffee shop, and he just tells he something. just tells the fucking story. Yeah. And you know what the the funniest thing, the recent thing I heard, well, it might not have been recent, but when I first heard it. <laughs> I almost peed on myself because it was like the joke was talking about how we're so impatient. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he was on a TV show and he was, someone was asking him something. He was talking about his cell phone and how people, you know, get impatient because their phone won't load up on something. He's like, the shit has to go to outer space. <laughs> <laughs> And then it has to come back down. He's like, True. give it a fucking 10 seconds. And I just thought, <laughs> shit, this man is genius. And it's yeah, like, it's just yeah. conversational stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know. Real shit. It's real. real you know, shit. and it's like, and I almost, I just fell out listening to that because how many times did we get on the phone? Like, oh, I did. How come I'm, this app won't open it up? And it's like, damn. Yeah. You know? I'm mad at my phone right now. I'm like, why not? I didn't get my last tweet. <laughs> I, it has to go to outer space. I know. I didn't get my last tweet. <laughs> 
and beam back down. Oh my god. Do you do you happen do you write material for other people? I have. You have? Yeah. Do, I have. do you like that experience or you just prefer to just write your own stuff? I no, I mean, I enjoy writing for other people cuz there are some things that just don't fit my style of comedy. Mm-hmm. I just hate when they fuck up my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's the well, worst. It is a rhythm, right? Yeah. You know, or they they have an idea about the joke and that's because we all have our own right. point of view, you know. Um, and, and to your point about Louis C.K. and mm-hmm. Bill Burr, like when you listen to those guys, you mm-hmm. like, you're like, you know what, how they feel about stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, those are the comics that I like, like mm-hmm. that you understand, like Louis Black. Oh my God. Mm. I always feel like he's going to have a stroke mm. at any moment yeah. because <laughs> everything is so upsetting. Glass and I'll be like, I, I am <laughs> with you. I understand that pain. I love it. We was talking about... Um, Dick Cheney and he was like that. They they were hunting. They said they were hunting quail. He was mm-hmm. like, you don't hunt quail, okay? He was he like, you, you don't quail. Okay. You don't hunt quail. <laughs> he, that's the stuff that we all think about because right. we know we didn't question mm-hmm. that. Like, really, you were hunting quail? Like, you can just reach out and just snatch up a quail with mm-hmm. your one hand. Mm-hmm. You were hunting quail. Uncle like, quail are like that small. What you gonna shoot? You gonna that, blow that up? Was, with a BB that, gun? I mean, like, that it was an assassination that didn't go well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know what they're thinking. You know, you know their point of view, and you know that when you sit and you talk to them, they have an opinion about something. It's you a point not, of view. It's a yeah, very you don't agree with it, but you yeah. know that I they think stand a lot for of something. Comedians are afraid to have a point of view because they don't want that pushback. They, they don't want to be called out on stuff. Mm-hmm. But some of the funniest stuff that a lot of people like, for example, I enjoy watching Tosh Point mm-hmm. A lot of his stuff and I was just straight crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just, just straight ignorant. He's silly. He's just silly. <laughs> yeah. And and he'll say some crazy offensive things. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I can tell it's almost like when I look at him. I know he's like, I'm only doing this because I know it's going to get a rise out of certain people. Mm. And I think that's funny, mm-hmm. you know, for him, him saying like, and I think sure. that's funny when they do that. And then I laugh at that too. But mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can do, you know, other people's type of humor. It, it really just has to come from them. Yeah. But man. Yeah, it's his point of view. And I think he's really smart because what he's doing is shaking up, the, shaking us up by... Um, saying some of the things that people think and don't want to say, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he has an interesting twisted point of view on things that make you laugh at things you wouldn't normally mm-hmm. laugh at. Mm-hmm. And like, he has a joke about nine 11 mm-hmm. and he said, I, you know, I've said, I saw, I'm an optimist. I saw the mm-hmm. good thing. And he's like, thanks to nine 11. I don't, I don't, I can <laughs> drop these bitches off at the curb. <laughs> and I was like, that is so funny to me. That is funny. You know, I don't think he was making fun of the people who right. lost no. someone right, in nine 11, right, right. but he's like, now I don't have to pay for parking. <laughs> now I don't have to walk her to the gate and pretend I'm going to miss her. Mm. You know, he was like, Oh man, you know, now I could just drop that bitch off and say, bye bitch and pull off. And leave. <laughs> and I'm a woman and I feel that way. Mm. I was like, so I, I like those kind of guys well I let's know, go ahead oh, go ahead i know you're a screenwriter too yeah if she's could, produced four films yes i know <laughs> i saw that on imdb yeah. i'm like okay so she does it all mm-hmm. if you could write for any comedian and write a movie who would you want to write for or even an actor a comedic screenplay who would you want to work with um if i wrote a comedic comedic screenplay about someone's life i would write it about rita moreno mm-hmm. um, really yeah i think no, uh not. She won an Oscar, a Tony, a Grammy, okay. and why's that story, bitch? Emmy, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, long she's a, a, in the in the company of what thirteen other people. Yes, mm-hmm. she's from Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and um, she's a woman icon. And <laughs> I, I think her story should be told because when she was, see, there were there are 
Puerto Ricans that were Puerto Ricans that nobody knew, like Rita Hayworth, mm-hmm. who would not Martin Sheen. Yeah, he's Mexican. You know mm-hmm. that. Were well, you telling me about Linda Carter's half Mexican? Linda Carter's yeah, half Mexican. Irish and Mexican. Mm-hmm. Raquel Welch. Mm-hmm. Okay. So th- this is during a time where where it was fashionable to to go the white route, mm-hmm. right? And be safe. Mm-hmm. And Rita never did that. Wow. She never did that. Mm-hmm. She had to play second to a white woman in right. West Side Story. Right. Okay. And uh, who they cast as a as as a a Puerto Rican, you know what I mean? (laughs) And she rose above it, and she's still standing. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is the epitome of the cream rising to the top. It's a great story. Mm -hmm. So I think that, and I would take it funny because Rita is so funny, and Mm. she's in a movie called "I Like It Like That." It's Mm. an old indie film. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and she's the mom. Darnell Martin. Yes, Darnell's movie, Uh who's also part Puerto Mm -hmm. Rican, and Mm -hmm. so is Pam Gibson, who wrote. uh, the movie with Halle Berry, Strictly Business. Okay. She's also a Puerto Rican uh, woman. Uh-huh. And, you know, the, the funny thing is that they wrote that Puerto Rican mama so well. Like, mm-hmm. you never, nobody knows what a Puerto Rican mother is. Mm-hmm. They know what a Mexican mom mm-hmm. is. They know what a black mother is. But they never, you know, now we know because of Orange is the New Black, sure. you know. But I, I just think that Rita's story should be told. Well, she's fabulous. When I, um, and I think when I, I used to play be on her. TV, Law and Order, Law and Order Criminal <laughs> Intent, when she played uh, the detective's mom. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. To me, it's like, in my mind, it's like, she's Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Gorms is Puerto Rican. In my mm-hmm. mind, that's what it was. Like, you know, she was fantastic, <laughs> and I loved her. And to me, that was like a Puerto Rican mom. Even though she wasn't specified as Puerto mm-hmm. Rican, just the way it, it just, she just had that thing in her. And I was just mm-hmm. like... She's so good, and she's had that longevity. Oh yeah, and she was a that, nun in Oz. Oh god, you know, and, she's and, a, and the thing is, a lot of like Latino actresses, wherever, whatever part mm-hmm. of the Americas you come from, South sure, and North sure. America, a lot of times there's so many talented, they just don't get a chance to do anything. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. or just to be, mm-hmm. you know, and that then, character. And there's know? no, there's a whole underserved market of Latin people. Because it, it's it, and it's just that it's easier to it's work. One work. of the biggest markets, for God's sake, it's absolutely. You fool yeah. if you ain't tapping yeah. into that. But, and Orange Is the New Black is doing it mm-hmm. because they they forget that there is a sea of Latin people in America mm-hmm. that are Caribbean mm-hmm. that, that don't have the Central American experience, right. Mm-hmm. Right. but are still Spanish speaking people. Mm-hmm. And you know, there there's a story there. I have more in common with someone from Jamaica than I do with someone from El Salvador mm-hmm. in some ways mm-hmm. because we Platins were island people. We listen mm-hmm. to, you know, we, we come from that from Africa and mm-hmm. we really you know, they're, they're just, that story needs to be told. We're funny as hell, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody is not Rosie Perez and do the right thing, yeah. you know. And yeah. so and I love Rosie, but I just think that th- there's a disservice there that there's an underserved market of people that just need we need those stories told. Mm-hmm. And I think Orange is the, is the New Black has opened some doors. By the way, I'm not. Sunday, I'm gonna send you the script. I want you to just take a look. Oh, I some, can't wait to see. I'm gonna it. need some of your feedback before I turn it in on Monday. Oh no, I want <laughs> you got to read it real fast. No, like. I'm going to Mexico on Monday, so okay, I'll read okay. it on Sunday. Um, so I wanna. We need to get in the last comment because we only have like about another 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Um, Speaking so of Puerto was, Rican mothers, <laughs> okay. that's your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, we do not want her to. Uh, <laughs> Um, she was. I know she's gonna be. Why the fuck did those people kick you off the okay. show? You were the only one that was good. <laughs> <laughs> you were telling the real stories. Okay. Oh, I like that accent too. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, I go there too. So true. So true. So I want to talk about the um, um, really quickly. Tell me about what is it like for a comic um, to go do those USF USFO? Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. To do those type of tours over there. 
You know? that, oh, to, for the troops? Yeah, for the troops. Oh, What's man, that like? that's awesome. For mm-hmm. me, like, I, I wanted, when I was little, mm-hmm. I wanted to grow up and I wanted to be Johnny Carson and Bob Hope. Okay. I was like, I was like, that's my daddy. Because <laughs> my daddy was gone. So I was like, I want that man to be my daddy. <laughs> but I love those guys. And I used to watch those Bob Hope specials. Mm-hmm. And I never paid attention to Bob Hope as much as I did to the troops. And look how happy they looked. Right. You just want to go see the troops. That's right. all. I've gone. I've gone. <laughs> I know. I'm teasing. But you know, I tell you, it's the most rewarding experience. I went to Korea three years ago to do a tour. And let me mm-hmm. tell you something. I go over there, 17-year-olds and eight-year-old, 18-year-olds getting ready to be deployed to mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and then I sit here and I'm like, I, what am I complaining about? Like, mm-hmm. they, I get to say some of the most outlandish things mm-hmm. in the world. And those guys go out there to fight so that I can be able to do, do it. Do you get, do, as a comedian, do you have to filter yourself or can you just say what no, you want to say? No, you can't talk about the president. Okay. Um, and they want you not to be, uh, you know, not to degrade people of different races. Okay. No talking about gays. Like, okay. they have rules. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because um, it's not the club mm-hmm. and you have to respect the setting. A lot of times you go to different Because you are kind of representing the U.S. United States. Okay, I see. Yeah, absolutely. See. But um, it's still great, and mm-hmm. they love it. They're so... They, they appreciate it so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to the DMZ line and saw those guys that have to be on that North Korean border mm-hmm. and they are constant their lives are always in danger mm-hmm. one to the, the the north korean soldiers are always threatening them they, mm-hmm. they do the cutthroat thing to them all the time really? and they cannot respond because the united really? states government will not allow them to to you know stoop to that level and you know the 50 guys that stand on that border mm-hmm. you know to to keep korea south korea safe mm-hmm. and those are our children mm-hmm. those are our kids mm-hmm. that they get sent off over there so I think they deserve a little bit of respect. The mm-hmm. comedy show, damn it, is not that much. Go over there, entertain those troops, and don't be a diva. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the accommodations like? What do they put you in? Because I always picture you guys like in barracks or some shit. I'm it depends like, on where you go. If you go okay. to Afghanistan, like my friends, I, I didn't get to go to Afghanistan because when I booked it, I booked Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. But when they went, they stayed in Saddam Hussein's mansion. Really? Yeah, they brought back some uh, pieces of like marble. <laughs> they were like, this was his toilet right here. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, and I was like, you know, you could sell that and buy a new couch. Okay, you could. <laughs> your couch is rough, homegirl. <laughs> but, um, it was so funny. We um, we went to uh, I went to Korea and I stayed in a five star hotel at the JW Marriott mm-hmm. in the heart of Seoul. Beautiful. Mm-hmm beautiful hotel Mm -hmm. and you know and then when we go to you know we went to other parts of korea we had to stay at the hotel that's on the base when i went to japan i stayed you know so it just depends it Mm -hmm. varies where you go okay Mm -hmm. i was always curious about like that how it all works they take good care of you okay because you represent the u.s i Mm -hmm. guess that makes sense um i want to get into and then we're going to get right into last comic you produced four feature films because i really want <clears throat> a lot of these people who are hearing you who don't know you the mm-hmm. way we know you right. um, see you on Last Comic and you know all over YouTube and whatever and all these other shows you do so they think of you as a comic. I know of you as a writer and as an actress and yep, I was mainly as a producer. They're going to produce four fucking feature films. So let's just talk about that really quickly. Um, the four movies you did and what you learned from doing that that's maybe <laughs> helped you as a comedian. Don't work with black people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. Uh, and when I say black, I mean us all. I'm not excluding the African diaspora dynamic because they all don't have watches either. Um, 
what I learned from fa- making films, uh, and, and I now tell you, I didn't make four masterpieces. Mm-hmm. But what I did was, I kept. But the bitches are completed. They okay. are completed. They have distribution. Mm-hmm. I, I kept. They kept saying to me, oh, nobody's looking for a five foot ten Puerto Rican Dominican. You mm-hmm. know, like that's just not in the breakdown. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll write one, mm-hmm. and I'll create a way for myself and for other people, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I will learn how to budget time and money. And I will take these opportunities. Um, and though I was very, like, uh, with some of the films I was, well, with all of them, I was very restricted because mm-hmm. they, the vision was somebody else's vision. Mm-hmm. And, they, and it was somebody else's money. So mm-hmm. I had the opportunity. But I was like, oh, I'll do it. And, um, and, and it just was a great experience for me. I haven't made a film, yet, again, because I said the next film I make is going to be a really good film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Something I, you're passionate about. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm not going to knock the films that mm-hmm. I made, but I was also dealing with other producers sure. and people who were trying to pay their rent that wasn't in as much as I was. Because mm-hmm. I'll go for broke trying to, for my art. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people are, you know, they're padding the budget, taking money. And I learned a lot, but yeah, I just learned that budgeting time mm-hmm. and money, having a respect for time is always uh, reflected in your art mm-hmm. and specifically in filmmaking mm-hmm. when everything is time is money. True. If you really know how to really respect time, you will get you, you will be ahead of the game mm-hmm. and also people of color sound. Sound and lighting is just as important as anything okay. else. We, Do we not talk about that all the time? Oh <laughs> First thing you need to get straight is okay. your sound. Get your shit together. Yes. <laughs> we do not, we don't value it. Mm-hmm. And we think that holding a boom over the scene mm-hmm. is enough to capture the sound that we need and mm-hmm. that we don't have to hire a person who is a professional. You, okay. you still might need a lab mic on, motherfucker. You still might need one on. You can't fix that. And that's the other thing. It's like, Stop disrespecting what people are specialists in mm-hmm. because everybody's like, oh, we ain't got to do that. We can mm-hmm. do, oh, we could do all mm-hmm. that here. Let the PA hold it. They, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you don't have the money to do it, exchange some resources or, you know, barter system, give mm-hmm. somebody a piece of the movie. But get, a, get yourself a crew of people that specialize in what they do that's so right. everybody can stay in their lane mm-hmm. and you can get good work. Mm-hmm. That, that's really what one of the biggest lessons that I learned. All right. Well, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to keep that one. Then we're going to leave it right there. That's Respect good. Respect people's time. Which is important. Respect oh, the time. Man. Hire yeah. the right crew. And hire the right crew. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. So let's get into how you got on um, last comment. Was it an open call? What was it no, like? No, no open calls anymore. This is an, inv- an invitational. Oh, we really? had the audition and uh, they invited. Um, is okay. it like something you tape in, send it in? Do you guys all Some come to Some people submitted play? via tape. Some went in live. Um, they submitted me via tape. Then I had to go in and do a live audition okay. to get to be asked to come do the invitation. Damn. So it was yeah. three different. They were screening, screening, wow. screening. Yeah, <laughs> because before what happened was Last Comic Standing had some issues because they had the open call. They did. And then people that were not comedians were getting on the show, bumping uh, comedians that were. And so America was voting. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, if you lost your cat, you would mm-hmm. get sympathy votes, <laughs> you know. And, That's true. And it just hurts That's the true. art. So. Uh, Wanda Sykes and Paige Hurwitz decided that they were going to take a different approach if they brought the show back. Okay, executive producer Wanda, you better yes, get she it, girl. Did. <laughs> and so they, they invited who they wanted, mm-hmm. and they looked at comedians around the world, thousands of comedians, and they selected a um, hundred comedians to come do the invitationals, mm-hmm. which is what I did with the mm-hmm. yellow dress. And 
you know, I did. I, I tried audition before when Bill Bellamy was the host, and I got stuck in the line, and I mm-hmm. never, never made it to the front some okay. years ago. Then I got an audition with uh, when Craig Robinson was the host, and the judges just didn't get me. Mm-hmm. And that was good because I ain't get that ass either. <laughs> so it was a perfect fit. I don't want to be thirteen Wait, weeks. Can you with say them. who were the judges? <laughs> Natasha Leggero, uh, Andy, and uh, and. Uh, Greg G- Geraldo, who's mm-hmm. now passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it's much more powerful now, mm-hmm. bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Roseanne, Keenan. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that, what's and Russell. Name? Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then, so they invited me to stuff. come in. <laughs> you think Russell's fine? Oh, good. That's good. I'll tell him. He gets flattered. It doesn't matter who says it. <laughs> who he thinks Because you know he's known for, you know. Go on, though. No, I didn't. Go on, girl. <laughs> yeah, he, so, yeah, it was just different. So I, um, so they, they invited me. I went in for them, and they asked me to come back and do the invitationals. And that's how I ended up on wow. Class Comic Sandy. Because you, to me, that particular episode, you stole the show. Confidence was like at 10 Thank on you. that episode. Because we'll get into a minute. Because <clears throat> there was, and I know you already know, because you were already like, I don't even really want to do this by the time you got to the last one. Yeah. Um, but I just want to talk about the process so people can know like what happens. So when you guys finally got down to the final 10, um, what is it like sitting in the black room waiting to hear like the final, you know, who made I it to Because the, they did five at a time or something at one I point. I threw up. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, it was really stressful. Um, How long are you guys back there, by the way? We were there a long time, all day long. Yeah, because they show the judges like they're talking for two minutes, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, come out. No, no, because they, they taped a lot of stuff, and so <coughs> we had to wait mm-hmm. on two shows to tape before we got the, the finals. So did you uh, throw up in the bathroom, or did you throw up while you were sitting with your other no, comedians? I, I threw up in the bathroom. Okay, it good. Was just, it was really stressful. Yeah. Um, to add that element to right. your art, it mm-hmm. just becomes something else. Ooh, sure. And it was, and the funny thing, because Jimmy has been doing stand up the longest. Mm-hmm. He and I were sitting Jimmy next Schubert, to each other. Mm-hmm. And I said, Jimmy, you know, how you doing? He was like, oh, this is the most stressful day of my life. He was like, <laughs> and then he went on, and he was like, oh, man, this is, his leg was shaking and wow. the good leg. Dude, I was about to say, he could barely walk in. Yeah, the leg was shaking. <laughs> it was just really mm-hmm. stressful. We were, it was, you know, it, it, it was because once you're in it, you're like, um, your, my my life is being judged. Mm-hmm. You know, they're judging. Can I make you laugh with my life? Is mm-hmm. how I saw it because right. I don't do the squirrel jokes. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was just it was it was stressful. Very. Wow. But you made it through. Yeah. So we get to the final ten. Mm-hmm. Now, can you blur out really quickly, like? Some of the final ten who we have besides Jimmy. Oh who yeah, else you got? yeah, yeah. Rodman and uh, Lachlan Patterson, who's my friend, a mm-hmm. very good friend. They called him the mannequin. Mm-hmm. Nikki Carr, who's my girl. She's the only the only woman left. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a lesbian single mom, black mm-hmm. woman from New York. She actually did good in the sketch she's part. Funny. <laughs> she was she funny. was hilarious. Yeah. She, she reminded me of Leslie a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> she killed it. And uh, I want I would love to see her win. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Carlos Miller, who's a, a fabulous comedian out of Atlanta. That he I spells really his name K A R L O U S or something. That's yeah. funny. He's yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's you know he's got this natural comedic <coughs> rhythm about him mm-hmm. that people just really he's very likable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was Rocky Laporte and DC Benny, who also mm-hmm. are veterans in the mm-hmm. game, and mm-hmm. Joe Maki, who I love. He's mm-hmm. a very stylized mm-hmm. comedian that mm-hmm. I adore. That's I fun. love him. Yeah, that's fun. As, on and off stage, I I totally adore Joe mm-hmm. Maki. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's an interesting cast right now. I'm curious to see um, where it goes mm. from here. Now, it looked like all you guys who were on the show pretty much 
pretty much live in LA, no? No. Most of, uh, actually, only Lachlan Rodman and I are oh, okay. Los Angeles. So did they just put all you guys up or something while you were yeah, here? Yeah, we, we stay at a hotel. Okay, okay. Not a, not, sure. We're not doing the house thing. They don't do that shit no, anymore. No, yeah, because no. I think they did on the first Wanda was like out of here with that. She was like, no way. <laughs> it's kind of corny. They don't even show it on American Idol anymore. I think they all live in a house, but they don't even show it. Yeah. They don't even go to the house. Nobody anymore. cares about that yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's like stupid. Yeah. Um, you got some? No, I was, just, oh, like, okay. I was just remembering, like, yeah, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, they put everybody in the house, and they had, like, the the house drama mm-hmm. and all that stuff, too. And it's like, we don't want to see that mm-hmm. part. We just want to see the So, part. So you make it to the final 10, right? And then what is it like the first week? Because they, they, they do one of those shows where once you get to the final 10, now you got to compete, you know, and then um, whoever wins this gives an advantage. You know, they do all that stuff like that, right? Now... Um, so their challenge that they had, they had to do like this improv session, right? Um, and you already know, and you guys already know, it makes it look like what they show you is here's what happened. You know, they had one take and it didn't go too well. And then the next group comes on, they did one take, it didn't go well, but then they picked it up and then boom, so you know they're going to win. So that means one of them actually, so two people went home the first night, yeah. which I think is like freaking ridiculous. You make it to the final 10. Shouldn't it be one person a week? I just think that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? It was hard. They're like zipping you out. It's like, oh, we only have six episodes or something. It's like ridiculous. Um, so what's that like for you, working your ass off, getting to the final 10, and then being one of the first people to, go. to have to go? What's that feel like? Um, you know, I was... Um, I know it's probably a stupid question, but... No, I, it's not a stupid question. I, I, I think it was... It was... It was sad and relief mm-hmm. okay. at the same time yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'm competitive and I don't mm-hmm. want to lose. Mm-hmm. But I was I was uh, I was ready to go <laughs> <laughs> because I, I wanted you know I've never wanted to be a TV reality show star. Mm-hmm. You know I wanted to be a TV Serious. and film star. Mm-hmm. So it's a different animal mm-hmm. and. You know, people read your your perso- personality the way they want to read it when mm-hmm. you're on do- when you're doing reality. Where you're when you're acting, you know, if they don't respond to a character or they hate it or they love it, it's because they love you're doing good acting. Mm-hmm. But when you're being yourself, now you're dealing with a whole bunch of people and all of their issues. And mm-hmm. you know, if somebody has a problem with light skinned women, now I got these women hating on me. Mm-hmm. And now if somebody has a problem with women that are too vocal, mm-hmm. or women that are tall, or women that are mm-hmm. Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. so it, it it's just you're subject to all of that. And it, it's just you're you're the the ultimate. All I want to do is tell my jokes, mm-hmm. you know, and tell my jokes, and I want to go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be in a competition for this. So I think that mentally I kind of was ready to go. Sure. And, um, because, and because I felt that, you know, from what they remember, we only see what we see. Right. But I felt like by the time you guys finished and oh, they do this thing at the end <clears throat> where they all have to vote kind of like Survivor where they all go up and they put their name in and they're like, mm-hmm. I'm better than such and such. And then they put their name in the thing. Right. And. So you chose Jimmy Schubert, right? She chose the veteran. Now, I just wanted to, because we didn't see it. The biggest veteran. What made you choose Jimmy, if you can say? Absolutely. There was only five people I could, four people I could choose from. Oh, that's right. Because it was only people on your team. Yeah, the other people had um, immunity. Mm -hmm. So I could only choose um, the people within my group. Mm -hmm. And that was DC, Rocky, and Jimmy, Mm -hmm. and Rodman. Mm -hmm. And... um, 
why I knew Jimmy was going to vote against me because he tried to convince most of the comics to vote against me uh, because I had been doing comedy release. Mm-hmm. And so they were, they referred to me as low hanging fruit mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, she's the easy one. Let's, mm-hmm. let's get her out of here. Uh, and, I, and, and Ron man decided not to go that way. Um, he seemed like he kind of independent like that though. Yeah. He, you know? he was like, first of all, to him, from what, from what I understand, his point of view was, why would I go for her? She is been doing comedy mm-hmm. the least. You know, like, why that makes me look like a bully, and I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the other guys banded against me, as sure, you saw, sure. and they're friends, and they've mm-hmm. known each other for a long time. So I, I would, I felt like I like the rest of the people in the competition, mm-hmm. and I probably wouldn't be able to get past this round. Mm-hmm. So I would cut the head of the snake off, so that it would um, help the people that were still in the competition, like Nikki and mm-hmm. Lachlan and Rodman and Joe. The people that I really, really liked, and well, so, that's honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. So it was just a strategy. There was no way that I would get out of it because mm-hmm. even if I had not voted against Jimmy, mm-hmm. Jimmy still had to vote within the group, and those other guys are his friends. Mm-hmm. So it was gonna be me and Rodman. Interesting. Interesting. It's very, very yeah. strategic. <laughs> well, it's a game. Yeah, it's, like it's still first, a game. It's like the first, the first you know season I mean? that Survivor came out, mm-hmm. or I mean, maybe the second one. It's not personal. Yeah, it's like if yeah. you were to choose, like I would choose the person. I would actually choose, like if there's three of us, mm-hmm. one person I know everybody hates, and then the one person my friend. I'm voting my friend out mm-hmm. because I know everybody's going to vote against the person they hate. Mm-hmm. So I'll just have a little side deal with my friend or whatever, you know. But like, I would—that's how you have to think sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who can Funny. benefit from this? You know, <laughs> nothing personal. But I'm going to vote you out because I know everybody hates this person, mm-hmm. and they're going to vote against that person. And you anyway. know, it's funny—the other group had the opportunity to vote as well. I did. I had, yeah. And if you notice, no one in that group voted. Nobody for Nobody voted for her. <laughs> they that's all, where the other three came for Jim. Yeah, it added because up. They, they could see what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so um, and, it, and it was true. And it was like nobody voted for me but Jimmy and his friends because Rodman didn't vote against mm-hmm. me and neither did anybody in the group. And mm-hmm. it was the other group. And it was because, you know, I mean, everybody had their own strategy. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, they, they were like, why, you know, why go for her? Like, you know, let's go for the, the guy who's, you know, ruffling the feathers the most. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, because he, I'm just going to say it, he looked like he'd be difficult to work with. That's what I'm going to say. You know, because you see people all the time. I'm telling you, Jimmy, I said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mick Bettencourt's my friend. I could talk to you like that. Um, <laughs> so, Tripp, he just seems like one of those people that would be a little difficult to work with, which is, in my opinion, and we talk about this a lot, why certain people have or have not succeeded. You know, 25 years and you're still just on the track. What are you doing wrong? Mm. So you need to reanalyze something else. The comedy may be great, but what about you? Mm. You know what I mean? You need to come off set and be great and be nice and be fun and be all that other stuff. Yeah. Not all that. Move that over there and blah, 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 blah. And blah, blah. I thought I thought that was part of the... the there was a moment in the show. <laughs> for those... I'm spoiler alert. For those of y'all who don't know, there was a moment where... Um, they were starting to do. They were starting to do the improv, mm-hmm. and they had um, what do you call them? Cue cards. Cue cards up. Mm-hmm. So they were supposed to read from the cue card. Well, Jimmy couldn't see the cue card properly. So he was like, "Move it over, you know, bring it down to the right." Yada yada, like talking to them, like, like down to the freaking PAs or whoever was holding it, mm-hmm. and. I thought it was part of the act at first, and then I realized, oh, he's talking to like the person holding the cue card. 
Yeah. Wow, really? And he was dead serious. <laughs> I was like, really? And I was like, oh, I'm so voting for him. If that's the thing. I'm just going to tell you, Jimmy, you got to get your shit together, Jack. I'm just going to tell you. You got to get it together. If you listen to this, Hilliard said it. I'm going to tell you. I'll co-sign. You feel me? You got to get it together. Um, I, I felt that, you know, what I felt with those guys, like the ones that have been doing, there was that, you know, She's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. She's only been doing it six years. They always say that. You know, like it for you know, first is the what is she doing here? And right. then it's mm-hmm. the so I could feel like the what I felt was more like desperation, like this is my my this is my shot. Mm-hmm. And um and you could feel it. And so my thing was when it came to the sketch, because I'm an actor, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that that some people were tweeting saying that they they couldn't wait for me to get kicked off that yeah. I was so mm-hmm. you know aggressive and mm-hmm. I was like I was standing up for myself yeah. <laughs> you know I really wasn't being aggressive I was just like I'm an actor I know how this works this is you got to be Michael Jackson right I mean um, Magic Johnson right now mm-hmm. you cannot be, you gotta be Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta set it up so that he can shoot the ball and get it in the basket mm-hmm. it can't be about you right now mm-hmm. this has to be you gotta listen the number one law of good of good actors you mm-hmm. Got to listen to the other actor, and I, I just think the nerves got got everybody. I think Jimmy was really nervous, yeah. and um, he was pretending not to be like, "Oh, I've been doing this for this long," <laughs> and he's the main one that was like this. You can see it in his eyes, like going, "I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do." But he's yeah. pretending like he knew, which is the worst thing to do. Oh yeah, because then you start overacting, mm-hmm. you start doing extra. And like I don't know if like they showed say. that yesterday because I missed that part. But mm-hmm. I, I was saying, you know, <clears> we're, <throat> we're heading into indication bill, mm-hmm. and we need to stop because mm-hmm. that's not acting. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, and it was just, it, it just was a learning experience for everybody. Yeah. And for me, it was, you know, I take it, I count it all joy. I got to do three TV sets on network TV, which is what I wanted to do. You I did. got out. On stand up, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in national the, motherfucking TV mm-hmm. too. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be in the you know that's not the the rigmarole of sta- of reality. Mm-hmm. That's not I don't want to get into that survival. I don't have the the wiring for that. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was you know I was really happy because mm-hmm. uh, I got you know I got to get three network TV. I've been Absolutely. working so hard to get a late night set, mm-hmm. and then here I got prime time, mm-hmm. and that was you know it just worked out for me. Well, that was a smart move she did. You, you were telling me recently, um, your the first set you did, she did it on purpose. Her set she wrote was for what was it to like prep you to get ready for a show? Yeah, you know because there's different types of, of of sets you do depending on the type of show you do. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Hollywood, I'm ready for my own sitcom. It was yeah. like, boom, here I am. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. it was such a good set, such a good Thank set. Thank you. And that's you know? what I did. I, all of my sets were. Just a different part of mm-hmm. my of my point of view and what my show would be, which mm-hmm. is the harder route to take because it's easier for me. I have really good jokes about mm-hmm. road rage and meth and you know <laughs> meth people and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But I, I was like, I, I can't do that. I have a national platform, mm-hmm. and I, my goal is to be an actress on my own TV show. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have to take the high road, mm-hmm. and every set is gonna have to be. You know, and, and though you know some of those comedians can go and talk about water and be funny for five minutes. Sure. Who's doing a show about water? Nobody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, that was the that was with me, and you know, and the greatest compliment I got from the writers was they thought that all my sets were well written, well mm-hmm. crafted, and very solid, mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted. Well, let's talk. The, the The last set you did was interesting because you know I'm a body language person, but you they set it up so we already knew she does not want to do this next set. <laughs> that's how it felt. Right. And you were like, I, I'm going home, so fuck it. 
you know, the energy you had on episode one, the energy you had on episode three were two different people. Yeah. Now, set was still good, but it wasn't you. Not she my didn't business. command the stage like she uses that. You were almost like, I got to pretend like I like this. Well, Russell said it best. Mm-hmm. The audience that we had <coughs> was not a very warm audience. True. Not very. Because re- that helps you guys too, right? Yeah. Not yeah. very receptive to women. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was uh, one of those uh, really, I don't know if they were actors or I don't know what they were, mm-hmm. but the audience just wasn't, they weren't giving it up. They were mm-hmm. very, they knew who Jimmy was. Mm-hmm. They knew who Rodman was. That's mm-hmm. the, the disadvantage that I have. Um, and so it's really interesting. Um, you know, that night I went up last. And mm-hmm. on the show, I went up in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, I, 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 you know, it was just, it, it, it's just, it is what it is. And mm-hmm. that's how stand-up is. Mm-hmm. Stand-up, that's real to the stand-up. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I wasn't connected with that anymore because... Like I said, I just felt like um, when I realized that we were headed in that direction, mm-hmm. that's not what I wanted to do. And I, I just said, and I felt it because especially as you soon know as you, me. yeah, but as soon as you finish your set, you're like, I don't know if you say thank you very much, I might have read whatever, but you ended and you went like, give it to me. What it was like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But usually you're like, what? Yeah, no, no, I know. You know what I mean? I know. I, you know, it was just, it was long, and mm-hmm. a lot of those things happened in the same day. True. So we, you know, it's a, it's a, a whole day of drama, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and so, it, it just, it wasn't for me, and I think, you know, I, like I said, I will never, I could never thank Paige and Wanda enough for mm-hmm. putting me on that show because, they gave me an opportunity. You know, people don't don't showcase comedians like me often mm-hmm. because we are taking the chances and making statements that make people uncomfortable and sure. nervous. And sure. they said, go, girl, do you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they allowed me. And, you know, and they, they cheered me on. And that night that I had to go up against Robin, they, mm-hmm. they were like, we totally believe you can get this. Mm-hmm. We don't we, we don't have any doubt. And I know that they weren't just saying that to hype me up. Sure. I know they believe that if any of us could go that was brave enough to do it, it mm-hmm. would be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just wasn't connected with the and, experience. And that's mm-hmm. what I was trying to get to. I think had you had been in the state of mind you were in on the first night, you would have been able to take it. Yeah. You, and you so. know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Despite being the youngest, all that other bullshit. Because I'm going to tell you, Rodman is amazing, right? However, however, I wouldn't want to watch that for an hour. I'm just going to be upfront. Right. Rodman, no, no disrespect. You are wonderful. You are super interesting and different. Too different for me, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the guy with the voice for me. He's good, he but Mackey. almost too different for me. Mm-hmm, right. You know what I mean? It's almost like Andy Kaufman, but Andy Kaufman at least was up here with his jokes. This dude is just like this. The whole, it's just too, too different <laughs> for me. For me. Everybody likes their comedy different. Right, right. Um, um, but anyway, I just had to talk about it because I, th- I thought that was kind of an interesting yeah. dichotomy, if that is, where you were like, boom, and you were like, Fuck y'all. Let me <laughs> off the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to give you a show because I'm a pro, but this isn't me. But I don't want to be um, the Evelyn Lasada of a reality mm. show, okay. of, com- of comedy. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, <clears throat> my mission is I set out as a comedian on mm. that show, not a reality show person. Sure, and sure, so sure. I kept it very you know, topical. I, I was very professional. I treated everyone well with respect. Mm-hmm. You know, not one person from a PA to the executive producer of that show could ever say that I was anything less Good. than cordial and warm because mm-hmm. I believe in that. But I, I, I just didn't want to 
you know, I want, I'm a comedian mm -hmm. and that's what I am. And mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to stay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I am grateful for the experience and the platform, but I'm fine. You know, I'm happy that, you know, mm -hmm. and I want to see one of those guys win and get a, an opportunity because I can write my own sitcom. Good. Glad she said that. Because okay. I was just about to say, do me a favor as your friend, as your cousin. Look. I know. Do me a favor. Write it. You're going to be getting some offers. I, already in, I know you already do. The treatment is done. Good. So I'm going to send it to you for some right, we'll notes. Talk, we'll talk. Mm -hmm. Um, Girl. You heard that Hollywood thing? We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, brother, too. I'll get you next week. <laughs> look. We'll do lunch. Look, look. But on the real, on the real, seriously, Ida. Let people know because you're gonna be getting a lot more interviews. You probably you already did one earlier today. You're gonna be let people know that that's what you do too. You're not just an actor, not just a. Comedian. Oh, I said it on the show. You know they I, mean? I don't I don't know if they showed it, but mm -hmm. I always say that that you know the difference between me and a, and a lot of the other comedians is that I know how to write a script mm -hmm. and I know how to tell a story. Mm -hmm. I know how to write a short story. I know how to write an essay. You, do. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a blogger. I'm a producer. I know mm -hmm. how to take a budget. I took a thirty thousand dollar movie turned it into a four hundred and eighty thousand profit okay so i know whoa, whoa, i know whoa, whoa, whoa. where my 10 percent at ah <laughs> <laughs> you hear that hollywood pimping okay, look, where my, where is my bitch hey let's go let's go quail hunting for a moment. <laughs> I, love, I love just sign this before you leave it's just a release bitch it's just a release i love the call bag i love it <laughs> y'all stupid oh so my God. for all those young comedians out there though um, even though that wasn't where you needed to go for yourself, you realized it. It did help. Absolutely right? did. You know, it put you on a platform. Oh, People no, now it's know been your a, name. Your Twitter reason. probably went up 10, 15,000, right? So it probably helped, right? Yeah, I got verified. <laughs> I'm not, I'm official in Hollywood. <laughs> no, it's been, a bit, it, I, when I tell you that I love Paige and Wanda, mm -hmm. like, and it's not Hollywood uh, bullshit, right. I love those women because those women put, uh, if you notice in the top 28, there were 11 women. There were. There were 11 there were. women. And most of them were black. Yeah. Mm. Yes. They had 11 women. They had lesbians. <coughs> they had women of color. They mm -hmm. had moms. You know, with me, they, I was, and let me just tell you for this journey, I'm the only Latin woman in the whole hundred. Wow. Okay. Wow. So I single-handedly was representing all Latin women, mm. you know? Mm. And that's a way. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was something. And, it, they they just they set out to do something different. They raise the caliber of the show mm -hmm. and they they do it with integrity. Those judges are really making the decisions, mm -hmm. and I just think that I was going to ask you that is Keenan and um, Russell and Roseanne. Is it really them going? Here's here's the three or yeah. here's the ten mm -hmm. we decided, or are the producers going? Don't forget we need to get you know. No, that blah, blah. was them. And let me tell you, when we had to do the top twenty eight, mm -hmm. it was only supposed to be top twenty. Mm -hmm. But they said they, they could not just reduce it to 20. They thought okay. eight other comedians should be seen again. Okay. And, they, and they opened it up for eight. Nice. Wow. So, so that they, helps. Yeah, they did their thing. That's wow. nice. All right. Well, look, on that note, <laughs> that was a really good one. Thank you, Ida. No, yeah. thank you. you know, Ida thank Rodriguez, so y'all. That's what's up. You know? Funnyida.com. <laughs> I was about to plug you, bitch. I was going to plug you. It's my job. It's my job. And I want to thank everybody who supported me because I got so much love and support um, from people that I never ever knew, even knew who I was. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's been a petition, a woman really? is campaigning for me to be added to The View. 
and they're wow. on social media. Wow, y'all hear that at the view? Y'all better put her on the view. She is hilarious. There, and it was really, so I'm very humbled by that because there's people that I don't know, like from Montana mm-hmm. and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and they're like, Dear Whoopi. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to tweet that one, okay? Tweet that one out. And that's my, that's my hero. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Whoopi. Mm-hmm. He's one of my heroes. So, yeah, it was, it was just a great experience. And, and way, way to go, Wanda Sykes, who mm-hmm. took comedy. Tell Wanda I want to interview her. It's another, Damn it. to that I want to talk to her. I'll let her Have know. her on the show. Mm-hmm. She would be amazing. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that Wanda. You heard that, Wanda? Holla at her brother. <laughs> but look, thank you very much. Um, I have to, have to, have to do this Don't Sleep On Them segment. No, go ahead. Um, you remember the Don't Sleep On Them segment I do where we read a little something from somebody's script? Um, so... This next segment we're going to do is called the Don't Sleep On Them segment. This is a moment where um, we take somebody who's unproduced, um, a script that I like. We usually read like the first page or two, just to, and then we talk about like why we liked it or what mm-hmm. worked or whatever. Um, so for y'all, I'm going to go ahead and give y'all this script. <laughs> you might have it over here. Here you go. Um, this script, guys, is from... Let me pull it up. Excuse me. It is from a script called The Ray Doc. Spell it. It's a thriller. I'm sorry. Huh? Spell the... The Ray Doc. Like the word Ray as in the word Ray. And then the word Doc as in, hey, go dock your boat. Exactly. Exactly. The Ray Doc. The Ray Doc. Oh, my God. I was rushing so quick. Um, To the writer, forgive me. I didn't even write your name down. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but his his wife's name is Lisa, and oh, she rocks it out. Yes. That's a good name. Yeah, Lisa <laughs> Kathari. You've seen, you seen her on Twitter. She's always liking mm-hmm. and favoring our stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you, Lisa. But this one is called The Radoc. It's a thriller. I'm going to give you guys a quick log line, and then you can read it. I'll read The Soldiers and The Afghan Mercenary. Okay. Oh, we're going to stop at the top. I'm sorry, at the... Uh, um, after the uh, the ski tow away the sled thing, right at the very, very top. The okay. cylinder is the last line. Okay. Okay. So here's the, here's the log line, guys. <clears throat> A radiologist must prove his innocence after he is accused of smuggling radioactive material for use in sabotage. He races against time when he finds he has been poisoned with the same substance. Say one more time. <clears throat> A radiologist must prove his innocence after he is accused of smuggling radioactive material for use in sabotage. He races against time when he finds he has been poisoned with the same substance. Okay, so now you It's a thriller. Okay. Okay? Word. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, here we go. Exterior, snow-covered mountain landscape night. Super. Indian Himalayas, abandoned, abandoned radar station. Full moon bays the snow-covered landscape. Bloody drag marks cut through the snow. Two Indian soldiers follow the trail. Flashlights on their assault rifles illuminate the gore. They round a mound of snow. The eyes of a snow leopard glow above a deer carcass. Magnificent. Scare him off. Soldier One points his rifle up. A single shot rings out. The leopard scampers as Soldier One falls, a bloody stain on his back. Soldier Two spins around. Blood fountains out of his chest with a second shot. He falls into the crimson spattered snow. Interior, exterior, abandoned lighthouse, night. In a stark, dimly lit concrete room, Soldier 3 opens a large metal case labeled 
radiostope, radios, oh, radioisotope, thermoelectric generator, RTG, power source. Shots in the background. He picks up his rifle and runs out. He's shot in the back outside the door. Afghan mercenary one, disheveled, lopes in. He strains to lift a cylinder labeled strontium, strontium, strontium <laughs> 90 out of the case. The cylinder tumbles onto the floor and the lights go out. Afghan mercenary two runs in. They have the cylinder onto a sled designed to carry it. Boss said this place was abandoned. I didn't see anybody. Did you? They strap on skis. They ski away, toying the sled with the cylinder. Okay. So <clears throat> the reason I chose this one um, was because I just like a lot of the things that he does, that, that he describes, you know. And I thought you would dig it because of the whole Indian, <laughs> Afghan, all that stuff. I thought that was interesting, mm-hmm. right? Um, but he talks about a lot of interesting things in here. Um, I love how he says... Um, Soldier 2 spins around, blood fountains out of his chest with a second shot. He falls into a crimson-spattered snow. Now, see, Ida, these are the type of things that I'm looking for. Lisa and I will talk a lot about how when, 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 when writers are writing their descriptions or their actions, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, you have to find ways to keep us interested. Absolutely. Like, a lot of people would just say, oh, um, he shoots him on the ground and blood, you know, blood covers the ground. That's interesting, but it doesn't describe it mm-hmm. in a real um, heightened way, if you will. Right. I'm always telling people to turn it up a notch and heighten it a little bit and describe it in a way that keeps me wanting to read more, even when I'm just reading the descriptions. Because they try to focus on, oh, well, the dialogue should really be the thing. I'm like, no, motherfucker, the action should be just as good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, those are the first things that popped out for me. One of the first things is, uh, like you said, the language a lot of times by changing uh, a certain word mm-hmm. that gives you a lot of visual right away, like immediately when I got the blood fountains out of his chest, not spurts out, it mm-hmm. fountains out. Fountains out. That lets word. me know immediately, that's a lot of blood. And it's <laughs> real, like, he's fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, you don't even have mm-hmm. to say, it's so much blood, he might bleed out. Like, mm-hmm. literally, when it says blood fountains, first of all, that's just beautiful mm-hmm. visually, mm-hmm. you know, fountaining. Especially like with the that. snow right. and the white all and around it. And not just it. red spattered snow, it's mm-hmm. crimson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it has a really crisp, really, really tight language to mm-hmm. it. So it's really putting those really strong visuals. I mean, the first the first line after, actually what that got me was the idea when it has the full moon based the snow-covered landscape, mm-hmm. and then immediately it's like bloody drag marks cut through the snow. Mm-hmm. So you had that visual imagery of the white. Of course, you can mm-hmm. see that beautiful white snow, mm-hmm. and then you see that goriness of the blood mm-hmm. dripping. So just in the first scene, you're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which so, is a good thing you want in a yeah. thriller. Like, oh, like, shit. This is like the, the first five seconds of the exactly. film, and line, the blood fountaining. But also, when it gets down to it, says the Afghan mercenary one, mm-hmm. disheveled, he lopes in. Lopes he doesn't in. run in. I circled that. Lopes in. He Love doesn't that. jog in. Yes. He lopes yes. in. And my hair of loping, I always think of like dogs or injured animals or something kind of, something different. Mm-hmm. So that really made me key into this character and really try to focus in like, oh shit, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, a nice word that that is used to really make me want to just keep reading. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we use basic words. Mm-hmm. You know, he ran in. Mm-hmm. It was a bloody mess. Mm-hmm. That's not popping visually. And literally, when you get to the last page, you want to turn to the next one. Mm-hmm. So just whole front first page right here, you're like, shit. And what is beautiful is there's not a lot. Once again, people, ain't a whole lot of descriptions in here. No. 
The shit is moving really fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not a lot of sh- a lot of dialogue. We don't need that. Magnificent. Scare them off. Just very basic beats, and it mm-hmm. really makes the story move really fast. But goddamn, I'm letting you know right now, I'm stealing blood fountains out of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know which one I like is the uh, the lopes in. I think that's brilliant. I, I just let you know, disheveled <laughs> lopes in. Like it fits. He's mm-hmm. disheveled, and he's mm-hmm. kind of like. Oh shit! I'm fucked up looking. I'm coming in here. I mean, it just so perfectly fits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we mess up a lot of times as screenwriters is we forget that every single word has to do a lot of work. It has to carry a Absolutely. lot of weight in a very, mm-hmm. very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Which I is me- why I think it's it's awesome that an, <laughs> an Indian used the word magnificent, specifically <laughs> an Indian soldier. Right, right. No, but I, I, I like that they round a mound of they round a mound of snow. That mm-hmm. alliteration, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah really mound good. of snow. That's a and, rhythm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has that kind of in it, but you know, and it has it's it, it really, really, really moves. And the thing you want is to keep that eye going down the page and mm-hmm. really want to know what happens next. And the fact that this poor guy is going to get. I mean, you've got like a ticking clock on him. Exactly. You know, it's like he's accused. That's one thing. Uh But then he's got the extra dilemma on top of that, just in the premise (laughs) of the story of, oh, and now I have been poisoned too. Mm -hmm. So not only do I need to try to save myself, Mm -hmm. you know, from, you know, persecution, period, but it's become really a matter of life and death, literally, you know. Definitely. You know, like, it's going to be like, you know what? I don't even care if I get arrested for whatever. I got to figure out (laughs) how to cure myself Mm because I'm being set up. Mm -hmm. But it's really just really great language really great visual descriptions and it really it just it just really moves that the story and like I said I am totally stealing blood fountains <laughs> and you said it's wonderful like literally it was the first thing it's like ooh underline that ooh pop that wonderful I'm, sit, I'm sitting here trying to find his darn name it's so embarrassing um Anyway, but one of the things I like also is he has a button at the bottom of the page. Mm-hmm. It's something we always talk about, Ida. Mm-hmm. You got to have a little button that makes me want to turn the page. You know what I mean? His line, the, the line is, boss said, said this, this place, place was, was abandoned. abandoned. I'm like, what do they mean abandoned? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, let me turn the page and see yeah, what happens. But what you know do they what usually? Mean? Well, well, why is it not always? What is going on? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Really so. smart button on the end of that. Yeah, well, thank you, Lisa Kathari, and to your husband. Forgive me for not knowing your name at this point. However, you know, sometimes I ain't prefer- perfect all the time, but I'm usually perfect, you know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Ida. Thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely. You rocked it today, and I wish you all the best and everything that's about to come up. Because you're about to do what? She's about to blow up. I know. (laughs) It's going to be like, hey, I that you don't know us no more. Okay. (laughs) Never. Okay. I wish. I thought you were going to talk to me about that project. How come you got Robert Townsend directing it and and shit? You know, what's up with that? Once again, Ida, (laughs) what I ask everybody who comes on here who's a writer and and a producer and a director, if you ever need an extra that <laughs> walks by and says, there they go over there. Um, That's your line, right? I'm good. I can do that. <laughs> I, uh, really cheap rates. All I need is a, a sprinkles red velvet cupcake. <laughs> Maybe a Subway sandwich. Okay. You know, and okay. uh, yeah, I, I work cheaply. That's all I want is they went over there. <laughs> Let's make that happen. (laughs) So let's give them to them one more time. Where can they find you? Um, Funnyida.com, A-I-D-A. That's my Twitter and my Instagram Mm -hmm. and my Facebook, my blog, and my YouTube. They're all linked on that page, so you can go there. Do you want people to follow you on Twitter or not? Please follow me on Twitter Twitter? at Funnyida. Funnyida on Twitter? Yep, A-I-D-A. And uh, we have fun on Twitter. Don't tweet me scriptures. I have access to my own Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I'll trade that. Oh. Oh, my God. 
If, my whole thing is, if one more person asks me to play a game on, on freaking Facebook, I'm a grown man. I'm going to play my games. <laughs> you can tell who, who's getting an unemployment check. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the fuck is this game? I never heard of it. I'm like, I'm still stuck in Pac-Man and shit. I don't even understand none of these games. Good Lord. Anyway, where can they find you, Lisa? Uh, radio isotope thermoelectric. I just want to make sure y'all know I know how to read. That's your new thing. That's funny. No, I'm on no, I was reading it. A lot of times what happens when you're reading something and you're really getting into it and you're writing notes at the same time, sometimes you just stumble over words because you're like, oh God, I got to totally steal that description over there. But uh, yeah, I am on Twitter. Please don't follow me. You got to tell Ida why now. No, because I, when they follow me, because I have the app that you can figure out when people unfollow you. Mm. And my feelings get hurt when they stop following me. Because then I wonder, what? Was it something I said? It probably was. But, something uh, you wrote, babe. Yeah, and please wrote. don't follow me because here's the thing. I follow people back who are really fun and interesting. And what happens is you suck up my life. I don't mm. get any writing done. So mm. stop being fabulous. Don't follow me. Just listen to the radio. I just, guess you can't follow you, Ida. listen to the Ida, podcast. Huh? No, I'm going to follow Ida. It's like, oh, I'm going to follow. But you know what? Everybody else, you know what? I can't do it. You're distracting my life. You're stealing my time. Stop being mm-hmm. so fabulous, Twitter. All right. And I'm your host, Hilliard Gass, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hilliard Gass. And uh, please check us out also, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Um, and if you guys have any questions for us, if you guys want to submit and have um, something read on the Don't Sleep On Them segment, I know that just kind of came out the blue today. I apologize, but I really need to get that one out today. Um, and, uh, you know, send us an uh, email at screenwritersrantroom um, at gmail.com. Screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. So with that, we appreciate y'all. Thank you, Ida. Thank Lisa. you. Read scripts. Read scripts. Read. Got to read. You know, all you comedians, you see, it's possible. You can do that. Um, so with that, let's keep it street, keep it opinionated, and keep it what? 100. <laughs> Peace, y'all. That's funny. <laughs> Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rant room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic, even the random. I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rant room. Ah!